when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I sounded like a guy from South Georgia just then. That came out kind of country. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome. Well, welcome. It's good to have you all here today. I want to tell you a story about Paul and Gail. Paul, for the longest time, never wanted to come to church on Christmas Eve. And this particular Christmas, it was a really cold Christmas, so they weren't in Austin. You can't laugh during my sermons. That's okay. I may start asking questions at some point, so just hang in there. But it was a cold Christmas. They lived out in the country, and it was that annual time of the year. Gail and the kids always went to church every Sunday, and Christmas was no different. And he just said, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. That's what Paul said to Gail and the kids and Gail left and went to church and Paul was at home and it was a really cold day and then it started to sleet a little bit and it got really cold. He heard this weird sound outside so he looked out the window and he saw these birds struggling out in the yard and he realized that it was so cold so quickly that these birds were caught off guard and they had nowhere, they had no shelter, they had nowhere to survive and the more they flapped their wings, the more their wings got frozen, the more they got stuck and they were probably going to die. So Paul, you know, being the gruff guy that he is, puts on his jacket and he heads outside out into the cold. And in the glow of the night, he sees that old stable that they had, that old family stable they hardly ever used, but it was still in pretty good shape. And he thought, if I could just get these birds in there, that would work. So he starts trying to shoo these birds in there, trying to shoo them in there. You know, that's what we do in South Georgia. We shoo things, how you shoo something. So you're going to learn something on Christmas Eve. This is how you shoo. So he tried to shoo those birds into that stable, but they didn't move. They kept scattering in fear. They were getting colder and colder. And, and he said, gosh, if I could just become one of those birds, I could show them the way. And at that moment, the sky opened and the light shined down from one lone star over that stable. And Paul looked up and realized that it all started to make sense that there he was in the presence of God at the manger. You see, that's what we're doing tonight. We're coming around not for fun. Well, it could be fun because you learn to shoe things. (laughs) But we're coming around to celebrate something that's really powerful. But what's interesting about this gospel story, about the story of Jesus' birth, is it takes place in, in this setting that we least expect, God becoming one of us. Why would God do that? I wake up every day and think, why would God want to become like me? Do you do that too? Don't we all do that? Come on, shake your heads. You know you all do that, right? We do that. Why would God want to become one of us with all our backbiting and all our anger and rage and all the ways we hurt each other? But God chose to become one of us. And there's power in that. And our last song we sang, as a matter of fact, connected the story of Jesus together that God moves among us and comes among us in the form of a babe, a vulnerable child, something we've all been in this room 
dependent upon its mother and father who were just ordinary people. Just ordinary people who said yes to God. They didn't have to say yes to God. That's the part we always, we always kind of over-sentimentalize the story of Jesus' birth. For those who were, who were here on Sunday, you heard me talk about this, that we, we make it this grandiose. If you see the paintings of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, Mary's glowing and happy, and Joseph is like this proud dad. I don't know where they got that from. I have, a, I have almost a two-year-old at home, and I remember that birth. And there ain't nothing glowing about my wife. Don't tell her I said that. She was at the early service. We were excited, but the actual, you know, that's just hard. But to make matters worse, Joseph, just so we can wrap the whole picture together, before they were fully married, his wife has a baby. And he has to deal with all of the public pressure of what that looks like. So here are two ordinary people who have this extraordinary child who are extraordinary in their own way because they said yes to God. And then there's these shepherds who might as well be the outcast of society out in some field somewhere, probably chewing on a little hay stick, enjoying their evening, got their sheep, they're happy. And then the heavenly hosts break through and overwhelm them to the point where they obviously were scared because the angel has to say, I know this was a grand entrance, shepherds, but don't be afraid. This is how we roll as angels. This is how we come into the scene. And that's what angels do in scripture. They appear and do really heavy lifting. And he tell the angels tell the shepherds about this miraculous thing that's taking place. And they go to Bethlehem to see. But you have to imagine that's not what they were expecting. They were probably expecting some king, somebody with an army, somebody who was going to come and make everything better for everybody. And that's actually what Jesus does, but not in the way they think that Jesus is going to do it. But what's so powerful about that is the shepherds go, and I don't know if you caught that part, but as they leave, they start to share the good news that Jesus is alive, that God is with us, Emmanuel. There's power in that. You know, it's interesting in in a world in which a lot of what you hear about Christianity in the more public sphere, the kind of the bigger voice of Christianity is, is not maybe really reminiscent of that actual story, the vulnerability that comes out in this holy night, the vulnerability of God coming among us as a babe in a manger, not even in a hotel room, in a barn, around some animals. It's wild when you think about it. And the, and the stage that this gospel sets that Emperor Augustus is doing this census. So this big official thing is happening in the world The one who's in worldly power is summoning everybody to go to their birth city so they can be counted. Could you imagine if we had to go to our birth cities to be counted? I don't even know where that is. Okay, that's not true. I do. We'll get to the confession later. But imagine if we had to do that, right? So this big official thing's happening, and in the midst of this great, grandiose, worldly thing, God comes not in royal robes, not as something worldly like the emperor, but as a baby, as a baby who's going to depend on Mary and Joseph to raise him. It is so important, I think, for us when we're gathered here to remember the humanity of Jesus and the humanity of Mary and Joseph, of the Holy Family. Because on this night, when we take that away, 
then we pretend like we can't be in this story, that this story has no meaning. It's just some great bedtime tale we tell our kids to explain Christmas, and it has no meaning because I can't be like Mary. I can't be like Joseph. I can't be like these shepherds. They're so much holier than me. Well, no, they're not. They're just as holy as we are. They're just as human as we are. They stand every day and wonder what, how they're going to respond to God. They stood in the presence of the child Jesus, and they were so moved by what they saw in that baby in that manger that they left and shared the good news with everybody they met. That's power. That's power. Because the reality underneath all of this is the radical love that we find in Jesus, in God, to come among us, to be one of us, to know the feelings that we know so that God can show us the way. And we know that way is going to be the way of the cross. And that, in some of our Christmas hymns, as crazy as it is to think about Easter at Christmas, touch on that very reality, that this baby is going to grow up and do something spectacular for all of humanity, not just for some people, not just for the righteous, but for all of us. And what's even more powerful is that when God comes among us, Emmanuel, God is with us, that God calls us into relationship with each other. And that's, my brothers and sisters, where I think Christianity might have dropped the ball. Somewhere in the modern era, we've gotten into this world where what you hear about Christianity, what people often think, and maybe some of you sitting in these pews today have had this thought or have been hurt by the church because of this that we become a place of people who think they're more righteous than everybody else, that we come to Bethlehem because we're the special ones who are invited, and nobody else is invited because we're the righteous ones. And that is the exact world that God entered into and calls us out of that place, calls us into deeper connection with each other. And I've only been here at St. Luke's for six months. They might keep me for another six Depends on how the night goes. Got one more service to get it right. But I see people here at St. Luke's who believe in relationship, who believe that they are not perfect, that they are striving to tell the good news, that have come to this service, that have come to this church this night to remember the story of Jesus, the story that informs our way of being here at St. Luke's. And my hope is that if you are visiting with us, that you will experience that radical grace, that free gift of love that we want to give to you. If you are somebody who's lost your faith in Christianity, someone who's skeptical like Paul was, we want to make sure you know this is a safe place for you to come with your doubts, with your questions, that we don't pretend to be holier than thou, that we just pretend to be Christian. Maybe not pretend. I'd like to think we strive to be Christians. We strive to be Christians. In all our brokenness, and all our imperfectness, we strive to come around this altar every week and share the good news and go out and make a difference in this world because I don't know if you agree with me, but I believe this world needs the voice of the kingdom of God. It's bigger than any one thing we ever experience in this world. It shows us how to live and how to love and how to hold each other together. When we can start to see God in each other, 
when we truly believe God is with everybody, not just with a select few, when we can start to do that, that's so relaxing. Because then we realize that our work is sharing the good news, is sowing seeds of light. As we heard in the reading from Isaiah, that light has pierced the darkness, that now the people who've been walking in darkness see a great light. I hope this night y'all have seen a great light, a light that you'll take with you, that you will become a lighthouse of life and love and hope, peace and joy in the world in which you live, in the relationships that you have, in new relationships that you'll form, in the strangers you'll meet on the street, that you'll take a moment and share the love of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that makes this night make sense is if we take it with us, if we, like the shepherds, go out new and refreshed and invigorated in the life of Jesus who's come among us again and who will come again to be with us. And our work is to be the hands and feet of Christ, not to be the ones who point the finger, but the ones who hold, who lift up, who carry those who need that. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's what Christmas is all about. Later in the service, when you come up to receive communion, we have a gift for you. There's no strings attached to that gift. We want you to take a gift. And hopefully you'll see that as a reminder of who we are here and what we're about at St. Luke's. And that we are truly honored by your your presence today. Those who've been with us for 50 years and those who've been with us for five minutes and those who aren't even sure why they're here right now, except they're looking at their loved one and saying, why did you drag me here to listen to the guy in the blue suit? Isn't he supposed to be in a red suit? We want you to take that with you. And we want you to remember this night. We want you to remember the love that is made known in Jesus this night. And we want you to remember that here at any point, this is a safe place to come and be with God and to be with us as we strive to understand what that means. That is what Christmas is about. Us coming together with God to do the work of the kingdom, to be builders, to be spreaders, and to lift people up. Amen. Please stand and join me in the reading of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people are found on the screens. Please respond after each petition with the words, Hear our prayer. On this holy night in which God joins heaven and earth, let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all those in need. Let us pray for the church around the world as it celebrates the birth of Christ. Bless all those who are entrusted with Christian ministry that your word might be proclaimed with truth and courage across our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bestow your wisdom on all who govern, that in honoring the earth and respecting the dignity of every human being, we may celebrate the life of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant reconciliation to those surrounded with conflict and violence, that they may live in the peace of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all who are cold, hungry, or alone this night. Embrace with your tender care all who wander alone or have no place to lay their head. They may experience the hope of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all who are anxious, depressed, or ill. Draw near to those who find this season a source of pain or grief. And to all who are suffering or sick, especially those we remember in our own hearts that they may feel the comfort of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for parents, families, and newborn infants. Strengthen families in the bonds of love and commitment, that they may delight in the joy of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for ourselves and for the blessings of Christmas. Open our hearts to your presence, that we may be transformed by the new birth of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us give thanks for all the faithful departed who have been bearers of the word made flesh. Give us grace to follow your holy ones in lives of faith and commitment that we may join with the hosts of heaven in singing the praises of this holy night. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our our prayer. prayer.
all these things and whatever else you see that we need, grant us, O God, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we, who joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, may with sure and confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, the peace of the Lord be always with you. As we continue our celebration, I'd like to do something that we do on Sunday mornings. It's going to seem just crazy and out of place, but we're going to do it at our seats. I'd like to get everybody to get up and dance a jig. I'm just kidding. But I do want anybody who has a birthday that I haven't prayed for you, I would love the honor to pray for you. Anybody's had a birthday either in December or one we haven't celebrated here at St. Luke's to just stand up where you are. You had a birthday that we haven't prayed for you. Stand up where you are. Don't be bashful. I believe in you. I know there's more birthdays in here than that. That was kind of a trick question. All right, the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we give thanks for this, your servant, who's celebrating another year of life. We ask that you bless him in the year ahead. Walk with him. Let him know that you're always there, always loving him. And just help him to be a bearer of your light and love into this world. We ask God for your most holy and blessed name. Amen. Now, anybody who's had a wedding anniversary that we haven't prayed for, go ahead and stand on up. Don't be embarrassed. Stand on up. Well, looky there, the whole family stood up. That's great. All right, the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we give thanks for the gift and bond of marriage, the, the gift of love that two find in each other. We ask that you bless these marriages, help them to find each other in new, exciting ways, help them to see you as every part of their lives. And more importantly, Lord, let their love for each other be a beacon of your love in this world. We ask all your most holy and blessed name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, again, welcome. Merry Christmas. So glad you're here with us today. We are honored if you're visiting with us today and would love to make this, this very comfortable for you and encourage you. If you have any questions about St. Luke's on the Lake, Father Andrew and I, my name is Justin, will be greeting you after the service and would love to answer any questions that you have. And also invite you to fill out one of the visitor cards in the pew back in front of you and we'll be in touch with you by whatever means you share with us. But we are so glad you are here. A few quick announcements. Um, well, you don't need to take pictures of the Christmas pageant because that already happened. All righty, the gifts. These wonderful gifts that I mentioned in my sermon, they are for you. So as you come up, we'll have two standing stations for communion right here in the center. And as you go uh, this way to receive the wine, after you receive the wine, we hope you will grab one of those gifts. Those are for everybody. Those are for people, like I said, who've been here for 50 years or for people who've been here five minutes. 
please take one of those gifts with you and take it and have a merry, merry Christmas and a, and a happy holiday season and just take that as a sign of our love for you here at St. Luke's. A little later during Silent Night, which will be immediately following the post-communion prayer, which hopefully you all have candles. If you don't, the ushers can get you one. If you'll, if you'll uh, actually, if you'll just make your way to the back here in just a few moments, we'll get you a candle. Just a little candle etiquette on behalf of the altar guild. As you receive the light from your neighbor, just turn your candle like this and touch the light and then let your neighbor turn their candle. Don't have the light and turn the light upside down. That makes a lot of light in a lot of places we don't need light. So you just, if you have the light, you hold it loud and proud right in front of you and then let the person next to you light their candle. And the ushers will be coming down the aisles to light uh, each end of the row for you. And then we ask you just to pass it along. And then during that hymn, you're invited to kneel or sit, whichever you feel called to do, immediately following the post-communion prayer. And as we go to communion, my brothers and sisters, all baptized Christians are welcome to receive communion in the Episcopal Church by coming forward and placing your right hand in your left hand. That'll signify you'd like to receive the bread. As you break off to go to the chalice, you can either hold your wafer up, which will let the chalice bear know you'd like to dip your wafer into the wine, which is totally appropriate, or to drink from the wine, which is also totally appropriate. If you want to do that, just grab the bottom of the chalice and guide it to your lips. When you come up to receive the bread, if you are gluten-free, we have gluten-free wafers available. If you'll just hold your hands like this or tell us that you would like a gluten-free wafer, we will happily hold a container out and let you grab that wafer so that we don't contaminate it with uh, non-glutened wafers. And if you don't want to receive of any kind, that is appropriate. We still invite you to come up to this altar. Just place your arms across your chest, and Andrew and I will say a blessing for you and over you. And you can just make your way. And if you don't want to receive the wine, just merely pass by the child's spare. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
As we move to the great Thanksgiving, I do want to take a moment and thank the band for being here this evening and for all the hands that have made this worship tonight possible from the altar guild to the readers and the chalice bearers and Nancy Phillips for preparing the bulletins and the worship. So thank you so much. Our service continues with Eucharistic Prayer B as found on the screens. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you gave Jesus Christ, your only son, to be born for us, who by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit was made perfect man of the flesh of the Virgin Mary, his mother, so that we might be delivered from the bondage of sin and receive power to become your children. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We give thanks to you, O God for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son and his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, And bring us to that heavenly